Hello, friend. How are you today? I am doing great. I am enjoying uh, the sunshine we've had for the last few days after so much gray weather. So that has been wonderful. And I'm super excited because when this episode comes out, um, I will be in Texas awaiting the birth of my number seven grandchild that Jess is going to be having a little boy on April 6th. So I am so, so excited to go down and play with Jane and be with them. So it's going to be super fun. But first, I'm going to take a few minutes to just sit and do some pondering with you. Of course, first, I do have a story for you. This one, I may have shared this before, but this is such a great story. And it totally applies to what I want to talk about today. So this one time, long time ago, we came home late from something. Got home, you know, at bedtime, basically. And I'm trying to remember how old Kate was when this happened. I'm going to say she was like seven or eight years old, maybe. Maybe a little younger, maybe five, somewhere in there. Anyway, we got home late from some event. Just come home, go to bed, right? Well, we come in the door, and there was this huge bug in the house. Now, I don't know bugs, so I don't know what kind it was, but it looked like the combo of a dragonfly and a bee. It was some sort of huge bee. I think Wes knows the name of it. And everyone's, you know, for like, ah, freaking out. Wes grabs, Wes's response to bugs is always to use a tennis racket. So he, I don't know where he got it, but he immediately grabs this tennis racket, whacks the bug, right? He gets it, throws it in the toilet upstairs, tosses the bug in the toilet, but he didn't flush it. He forgot. He was like, I don't know, didn't feel the need to flush it. So excitement over. Okay, guys, get ready for bed. Kate goes into the bathroom and a moment later we hear this, this scream that I, I, Kate is the only one I know who can make this scream, this unearthly scream come from the bathroom. Like what is happening? The door bursts open. Kate comes running out, no pants on, just, you know, full moon tonight, coming, running out of the bathroom. And the bug had still been alive and had flown up. She sat down on the toilet, the flown up on her in the toilet and was like coming after her. So I said to get the bug again. Uh, I can't do justice to this story. It was the funniest thing. I, poor Kate. She always would have some sort of freak out over something and we would all just laugh. I think it's like the, the curse of the youngest child, right? But it was funny. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. She came barreling out of that bathroom with this huge bird-sized bug chasing her. So that is my story for today. And yes, I'm pondering bugs. You are listening to the Pause and Ponder podcast with me, Susie. May God bless you today and give you a few minutes to rest. Rest your soul and ponder him. All right, so I'm actually taking a little break from my my tour through 1 Thessalonians just because I feel like it. <laughs> and I wanted to share with you today 
just something I've been reading in my uh, personal devotions. So I have been reading through, I just decided recently, a few weeks ago, I guess, to read through the Minor Prophets, uh, which just is, you know, the shorter prof books of prophecy in the Bible. So I started with Hosea, and then I got to Joel. And, you know, this is one of the ways I know that I'm doing what God wants me to do in my devotional, personal devotional time, is when books like the book of Joel really get me excited because, well, they're not that exciting. They're kind of hard to understand. And yet I was so excited to read Joel. I literally, this is so funny. I would be like lying in bed in the morning thinking, oh, I should get up and, you know, not getting up yet. And then I would think, oh, I get to read Joel today. And like, it got me out of bed. And that wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit within me saying, I want to speak to you through my word today. So let's, you know, and then that stirred my spirit and got me out of bed. And anyway, that's how I know I'm reading what God wants me to read uh, as I meet with him each day. And that's awesome, right? So anyway, I'm reading through Joel. And one of the things I always think of with the minor prophets is I think back to a time when we were homeschooling and I was teaching the kids about the minor prophets and we were doing um, some curriculum that suggested that you have like one word or one phrase for each prophet, the major prophets too, actually. Uh, but obviously their books are longer, so there's like more to know about them. But for the minor prophets, there's so many of them, right, um, that it can get confusing. So anyway, this curriculum had this idea that you would, you know, associate one phrase with each prophet. And then we made a game out of it. So I made like, you know, put the prophet's name on one index card and the phrase on another index card. And I made sets. Uh, I think it was two sets. And then they had a partner and they raced to match them. And I learned from that. I still remember, I still think of several of the words that we associated with each prophet to distinguish them in my head. So let's see how many I can remember. Well, starting with Joel, since that's what I'm talking about. Joel, locusts. Joel, locusts. About a plague of locusts. Um, Amos, fig farmer. That's what I always remember. That's all I remember about Amos till I read that one again. Hosea, of course, married a prostitute. And I remember Obadiah was Edom. Nahum is sequel to Jonah. Jonah, of course, is whale. Anyway, you get the idea. So it was a really fun game, and it was really productive because I still, I don't know if my kids remember those at all, but I still think of those even even now when I, um, when I whenever those minor prophets come up. But anyway, I've been reading Joel, and of course the word is locusts because in Joel, when Joel writes uh, this prophecy, he wrote it in 80, 835 B.C., um, apparently they just had a huge plague of locusts in Judah. He's writing to Judah, not Israel, you know, the divided kingdom. Anyway, they had this really bad plague of locusts, and Joel's prophecy, here's the, the short version, is that this was God's judgment on them for their sin, that they need to turn back to the Lord, learn from the discipline, and turn back to the Lord. And of course they don't. So then Joel says, you didn't learn from the locusts, so now God will send an army to teach you this lesson again, and there will be even worse destruction. 
So that's sort of Joel in a nutshell. And a great warning that when God disciplines you, learn from it. But that's not my point today. And before I get to my point, I just wanted to bring up another interesting thing I learned when I was reading through this. So I took my time as I was reading through it. I don't always do this with my devotions, but I was like, you know what? With the minor prophets, I need to. I would read it. This is how I would do it. I would read it and, you know, make any um, observations that I had and, and pray over it. And then I did read commentary on it to be like, I want to make sure I get this right. So I read um, David Guzik's commentary on Blue Letter Bible. It's just an easy one for me to find. And it's not that long. He keeps it kind of short. So it was like doable. So anyway, one of the interesting things I read in his commentary that was cool because it tied Joel to the rest of the Bible. You know, this is all one story. And Joel was was giving this prophecy when other things we know about in the Bible were happening, right? And uh, we don't always... We don't always recognize, you know, what, who's living even at the same time. So anyway, the commentary said that this prophecy would have been written right around the time that Queen Italia was in power in Judah. Now she was this evil queen who had killed 70 sons of the king so that she could steal power. But when she was doing this massacre of all of the princes, basically, one little baby was rescued and hidden away. His name was Joash, and he was raised by the priest Jehoiada. And when then, seven years later, when Joash was seven, Jehoiada planned a coup, and he had that queen killed and seized power and brought, actually, uh, righteousness back to the throne. But why did he choose to do that when Joash was seven? I always wondered that because it's like, why would you do that? Why not wait till he's like old enough to rule? Well, Joel was written right around this time when Joash would have been seven years old. So the commentary suggested, and this is just a maybe, perhaps God used this prophecy from Joel to stir Jehoiada to action, to execute this this evil queen and restore righteousness to Judah. I thought that was pretty cool. But that wasn't my one thought that I've been pondering. Here is what I keep coming back to. And I really do. I've thought of this often after I, I guess I read it about, oh gosh, at least a week ago. And I keep, it just keeps running through my mind. And it's this, God can use a tiny kind of gross bug for his kingdom purposes, God can use me. And that's it. God can and does work through a bug. Think about a bug. Is there anything less significant in the animal kingdom? Now, I know there are some four-year-old boys who love bugs, but I would guess that most people don't love bugs. In fact, most people kill bugs when they find them. And yet God chooses to use bugs as his instruments. And they are his instrument in the book of Joel. Yes, they cause dis destruction. The book of Joel makes it clear. These bugs, these locusts, are the discipline of the Lord. And for me, this builds what I call God confidence. Not self-confidence, but God confidence. I think that's what God wants us to have. Confident that God has an eternal purpose for me. 
and confident that God will work through me by his power, by giving me wisdom, by giving me talents and gifts, by simply shining his light through me in so many different creative ways, creative ways like using a bug or using me. And that's God confidence. It makes me think of two verses. The first one is Philippians 1.6, being sure of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Are you sure of that? Are you sure that God, who has begun a good work in you, which he has if you belong to him, if you are a believer in Christ, he's begun a good work in you, and he will complete it. So if you ever feel, you know, less than qualified, or like you're failing, or that what you're doing maybe doesn't even seem that important, remember, God used bugs chewing on leaves, and it is recorded for all of eternity. So if we make ourselves available to him, he can use us too. And this is just God's way, isn't it? God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God uses bugs. And God uses you and me. It's just amazing. It kind of makes me think of uh, this old youth group song back in the day when I was in youth group. We used to, I think we sang this song on people's birthdays for some reason, but it goes like this. If God can love turkeys, then God can love you. Because you are a turkey, but I am one too. So if you're lonely, remember the truth. If God can love turkeys, then God can love you. Amen. <laughs> that was the song. And instead of you, we would put in the name of the person whose birthday it was. So like we would say, if God can love Susie, then God can love you. Because Susie's a turkey, but I am one too. And so on. So it was kind of funny. But it's the same idea. If God can love turkeys, then God can love you. Never think you are so insignificant or lacking gifts or messed up too much. Never think you are that to be loved by God and to be used by God. And another thing, just one more thing really, with about these locusts, these bugs, is if you think about it, it wasn't just one bug. It was a huge army of bugs. And what a great picture of the need for the body of Christ to work together. I mean, just imagine the difference between what one locust could do compared to an army of locusts that caused a huge plague. We need all believers to answer when God calls, and we need to work together. You know, it's just no wonder one of Satan's most common schemes is to cause division. Because imagine if that army of bugs hadn't been working together, if they'd just all gone to different lands, or if they didn't want to stand next to each other, or whatever. They work together, and we need to work together. And another verse that this reminds me of, this idea that God can use a bug, God does use a bug, is Second Chronicles 16.9. Second Chronicles 16.9, and it says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro. He's searching. He's looking throughout the whole earth. Why? To show himself strong 
on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him, or some versions say, blameless to him. God wants to show himself strong on our behalf. And our job is to keep our heart loyal to him, to keep our heart blameless to him. That's in Chronicles, but the point in Joel was repent, learn from this discipline and come before the Lord and be forgiven of your sin so that you will be blameless to him. They needed to turn away from idols. And of course, so do we. We need to keep ourselves blameless to the Lord, but also remember that he wants to show himself strong on our behalf. God wants to use you. God wants to use me. But are we willing? Are we paying attention? Now, there are other lessons to learn in Joel, and I certainly enjoyed reading through it. But this is the one I keep coming back to. Locusts. Joel, locusts. Joel, locusts. Joel, locusts. That's the one word to remember in Joel. Because God used a bug for his kingdom work. So God can surely use me. Thanks for listening. I hope this reminder of how God is using you for his kingdom work will refresh your soul today and stir you up to good works. Till next time. Thank you.